this morning from the book of Acts chapter 2 is where I'm going to read from. Book of Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to talk about the subject today is it's time to see. Come on, say that with me. It's time. Oh, try it again. It's time to see. You know, um, this is an area that uh, I would say um, I, I, the, the message I'm going to speak to you about is something that's very personal right now to me because it's areas that the Lord has been dealing with me personally. And as I was uh, um, uh, praying about it, I realized that the Lord was dealing with me personally because a lot of people need to hear this and, and to have it in their lives. So I hope, so it's still in the making and all that. But I want to, uh, there's something that's really close to my heart and, and that I've been praying for for a long time. And, and I recognize what's going on in our time. Um, um, and it's the burden of seeing the power of the Holy Spirit in the church for what the Lord sent it to, uh, for us for. Now, if you are familiar with the book of Acts, it is the account. In fact, it's called the Acts of the Apostles. It's a book of the, one book of the Bible that does not have a definite end to it. You know, there are many books, like the epistles, which are letters that are written to churches that we could draw encouragement for, we could draw doctrine from, teachings and all that stuff. They do have a definitive end to it. But the book of Acts kind of doesn't end. And many scholars and theologians believe that the book of Acts, the reason why it doesn't have a, 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 a definitive ending is because it's still going on. The story is being written still. My story, your story, is, it's in chapter eight, uh, 28 is the last one, but it kind of ends just kind of like that. Why? Our lives counts. You see, God, God has a lot of books. Say God has a lot of books. If you go through the Bible, you'll find that there are a lot of books. He says, you know, those who find themselves not written in the book of life, they will be, it will be sad for them. So we want to make sure that our lives are in the book of life. But I believe that we are part of the book of Acts. Now, the book of Acts starts with the introduction of Jesus uh, after he had been resurrected um, uh, from the dead and, 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 and his instructions to his disciples on how they're going to live their lives after Jesus had left. And then he says, do not be uh, worried about me leaving because I'm not going to leave you as orphans because I am going to send you a helper who will be with you all the time. I'm going to go to the Father and I'm going to send you a helper. How many know who the helper is? Come on, say it out loud. The Holy Spirit. And so chapter 2 talks about when the Holy Spirit was introduced to the church. And it was a dynamic experience, you know. All sorts of things were happening. It was a miraculous experience. And, I, and many people could not articulate what was going on. But I, how many, I, I would just love to have been in that environment. That the Bible says the place where they were gathered, the Holy Spirit came upon them. The place even shook. I, I talk about an experience. It's like, wow, that was an anointed service. It was, they were praying in tongues, they were prophesying and all these things. And I think sometimes as Christians, we get, um, 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 we, we, we leave it right there about the experience and the sensation of what that moment represents. And we tend to judge things. Like we go to a worship service and we judge and we say, that was an anointed service or that was an anointed message or that was anointed. And so we, we, we want to capture the moments. And sometimes in between we lose what the why. Are you with me? So let's go to the Bible and read a few passages. Because I want to just take one dimension today uh, 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 and, uh, and we could go home. How many are ready for the word? 
Okay, verse 14, I start. So this is after all this stuff is going on and people cannot understand. Uh, from the outside, they are looking and they, they, they don't know what to make of it. So then, then Peter stepped forward with the other 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd. He said, listen careful, carefully, all you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. And by the way, 9 o'clock in the morning is a little too early for that kind of stuff. No. What you see, come on, say what you see. Come on, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And then then Peter starts explaining. So these guys are in the middle of a fulfillment of a prophecy and they have no idea. They're watching it and in their minds and in their hearts, they're thinking, some even said this, what kind of thing is going on here? Maybe, maybe we even freaked you out. You're not used to a service that's lively like that. And they, and they say, well, are they drunk or what? And Peter says, let me do a little explaining for you here. What you're looking at here right now was something that was predicted a very long time ago. In other words, it's a prophecy that's being fulfilled right in front of your eyes and you're not seeing it. Let me give you some clarity. You see, I, I do believe that that happens to us even in everyday life. God could very well be working something miraculous, something supernatural in your life. But all you're seeing is all the manifestations of the natural and what we make of it. And he's fulfilling prophetic stuff. He's doing something supernatural, but we can't see it. And that's why I'm telling you today, this morning, it's time to see. Come on, say that with me. It's time to see. That God will open our eyes so we can see more clearly. And so Peter, by the word of the Lord, he stands up and he shouts to the crowd and says, let me help you understand this a little bit. It's not as you may think. This is not anything new. It was prophesied by the Old Testament prophet Joel. And so he goes on to quote Joel chapter 2. Where it says, he goes on and says, verse 17, follow, follow along. In the last days, this is what God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Not just some people, all people. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on the servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. A couple notes just to kind of take a break there. Visions, prophecy, dreams, all have to do with an ability to see beyond the current circumstance. All have a, a, all speak about uh, being able to, 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 to see beyond what's going on in the here and now. And that when the Holy Spirit is poured out, he's, he look, listen to verse 18, it says, In those days I will pour out my spirit, even on the servants, men and men alike, I will, I will pour out my spirit, and they will prophesy. Now if you read the book of Acts, I challenged the church a few months ago to read through the book. How many gave, gave it a try? Even if you didn't finish it, you can say you gave it a try. You will see that scenario was repeated time and time again. As people were coming to faith in Christ, many communities, Christianity was nothing. It was a new religion. Some people even thought it was a cult. 
Some people are even thought, but every time they receive the Holy Spirit, the Bible says they receive the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Follow with me. Keep that prophecy in mind because I'm going to share, I'm going to give you a dimension maybe that, that would help your life because I believe God is still wanting to do some awesome stuff in your life. And God is some things that you were created for that you've never touched upon and God's wanting to start that up and be able to propel you towards a destiny. So you live a life of purpose and a life of meaning. So when the Spirit comes, He says, I sent the Spirit so that they will be able to prophesy. They'll be able to see beyond their present reality. They'll be able to see not just in the natural realm, but in the spiritual realm. There are times in my life that God's working in my life, and I have no idea that He's working in my life. Sometimes as you're going through life, and you look through the rearview mirror, and you realize, wow, that and that and that trial and that thing and that wow god was shaping all these things i could not see it at that time but i'm driving through my life i look at the box like wow his hand was in it even when i was so discouraged when i did not understand it he that's how the scripture says that god causes all things to work together for the good of those who love the lord and those that are called according to his purposes 19, he says, and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will be dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. Listen to the last verse that I'm reading today. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And in that verse carries the entire weight of all these awesome demonstrations that happen before their eyes. They are seeing something really spectacular and it's awesome to prophesy. To be able to see into the future. To be able to get some clarity about some things. But all that is God is giving us so that ultimately that people might be able to call on the name of the Lord and find salvation. Ultimately, as the Lord says, that it is not the Lord's will that anyone shall perish, but all may come to the knowledge of Christ. And so he gives us this ultimately for that. Prophecy, as we lack of it, it really speaks of when we talk about the old, time, old Testament prophets, New Testament prophets, it, it, it talks about predicting the future. And God speaking to the people, His people inspired by the Holy Spirit, and being able to show us things in pinpoint accuracy of things to come. Sometimes we don't understand it. But the only thing, you know why I love to read the Bible a lot? I think the Bible should be read in the church a lot. Oh, I was expecting a lot more Amen. That was a lot better. The Bible should be read in the church. Some people say, oh, that was Old Testament. Well, Old Testament, guess what? Jesus was an Old Testament preacher. The Apostle Paul was an Old Testament preacher. The Apostle Peter was an Old Testament preacher. James was an Old Testament preacher. We read about these guys as they are writing the New Testament to us. But when they preach, they preach from the Old Testament. 
Peter stands up and the first sermon for the church. It was the first sermon for the church of Christ. It was an Old Testament passage. And people say, well, that's Old Testament. Now it's New Testament. No, 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 no. The Old Testament is the prophecy of the New Testament. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So the New Testament just sheds more understanding. And now you're like, bam, bam, bam. All those things in the Old Testament, they had meaning that we didn't even realize. Give you an example. Moses and the people um, uh, of, uh, of, of Israel, when they cross the river Jordan, when they cross the Red Sea, they go through the waters and to the other side. Uh, in the New Testament, that's revealed to us from a spiritual standpoint that is like, that's a representation of baptism by water. They were in the life of bondage, a life of slavery, a life of a, of a, a depression, a life that didn't, where they were worshipping other gods and the goods of Israel. And they cross into the sea. They get baptized and they go to the new side of life. And now they are baptized under that. It's a figure. So the New Testament sheds some light, some revelation of what the Old Testament is. You know, I did a study on this. And I found that every time that Jesus spoke in the temple, the Bible was to say, and he opened the book. Because then he opened chapter 4 of the Gospels, two Gospels, both in chapter 4. And then they opened the book of the prophet Isaiah. And then he read. After he read, he spoke. And we are losing something in the church at large. Because we are bringing our innovation, our creativity, and we have someone's already done. And then we find the scriptures to suit the message that we want to speak about. But I believe there is power in the word of God in itself. Sometimes you don't even need explaining. Just read the book. Because the book is alive. It comes alive. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal because he gives you. This, this is what I'm talking about. Check this out. Prophecy is a now thing. It's not just a prediction of the future. This is what I, this is the essence of what I'm talking about today. Prophecy is the ability of God to, to, to open our eyes to see beyond the present reality. You might be going through a difficult time, um, notwithstanding in your life, in your family. I know they own her family. I can't imagine what you guys are dealing with. But God, take heart. God hasn't forgotten you. God's with you. He's never left you, and he will never forsake you. Maybe your job, whatever it may be. But the word of the Lord can come and shed light into your circumstance and give you comfort. And know I might be going through this right now, but I'm holding on to the word that the Lord has brought, has revealed to me for this moment and for this time. He says, a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You see, I believe that God wants to open our eyes. The world will see a lot of things. The world will see a lot of trouble times. Some people believe we live in trouble. We live in trouble times. Other people have lived in trouble times. And if you start looking at everything that's going on in the world, you can get depressed. Sometimes I go on purpose. I don't watch news on purpose. Not that I want to be ignorant. No, it's just because I don't want to feed my soul with that stuff because I know God hasn't lost control at all no matter what's happening. 
it can be depressing. But you know, when people are confused, when people are in despair, they flock to people that can see clearly. And that's what the spirit of prophecy is. It's to able to give us clarity, irrespective of what's going on around us. You might be very broke right now. Boy, you don't even want to open your account. But the spirit of prophecy, the spirit of the Lord is able to see, oh, I am so broke, but I'm not poor. Because I belong to the king. You can be so broke and say, but I know that my God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You could be sick, and that's just the reality of what it is, but you know the Lord is my healer and my comforter. That's why it says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. You can make bold declaration because the word says it. That's the spirit of prophecy. See, the prophecy is not just for every, for predicting the future. And there's that element. I want to just bring one dimension of prophecy. is for now that God wants to help you see that your life is in Him. And that you can confidently wait upon Him and trust Him to walk you through whatever it is that you're going through. And that ultimately, He has good plans for your life. And that you will win in this life if you are in Jesus Christ. But what Satan wants to do, he wants to steal that dream. So your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And you start wandering aimlessly. Without purpose, without really any direction, just living for sustenance. And I believe that I'm speaking to five different kinds of people when it comes to that clarity of vision or even dreaming again or even dreaming. So cool when you walk with kids. They don't see many limits. A few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, I had an opportunity to take my older kids to to cup. Cape Canaveral. And it's amazing. They see it differently than I do. And it was very cool. It was really awesome. Um, uh, uh, and you know, some, some kid told me, hey, I'm going to be an astronaut. I was like, yes, you can if you want to. Because you could do anything that God, whatever you put your heart to do with God on your side, you could get anything done. So if that's what you want to do, yes, start spitting up on your math right now and your sciences, and you are going to do it. They don't see limits. And they need us to encourage them and to spur them into that. But for us adults, sometimes we get hit by a few things that didn't happen for us. And we quit dreaming. And, and, and I want to speak to just five people here. And I believe I am speaking to five groups of people. Now, the first person is the person who has no dream at all. And that's because they've never had a dream. Or one, the one they had and the one you have is dead. You've given up on it doesn't exist anymore. And you recognize that you're in that place because you're going through the motions. It can happen. You're, all you're doing is just going through the motion. And I could place that in just about every area of life. It could be 
in your walk with Christ. You don't really have a thriving relationship with God. But you've been around long enough that you know the right things to do. And you're just going to do and go into the motion. Maybe it's in your job or your career. At one point, maybe out of college or when, when you're young, you are, you're dreaming of all these things that you're going to do. And now you're just punching the clock waiting for that day that you would retire and maybe do nothing. And you find out you don't do nothing. You know what I mean? Going through the motions. You lost that dream. That ability to even have some purpose beyond. Says, you know, it's, it's not just every day. Maybe I don't have a lot of time left. Man, but I am going to finish like a rock star. I'm going to finish high. Joshua and Caleb, well, Caleb was one of those guys who was 80 years old. And he says, I am alive today as I was back then. I'm so believing God's plan for my life. I'm 80 now, and God gave me a, a, a prophesied over my life 40 years ago, and as I'm strong today as I was that day. And when you go through life, through the motions, everything is hard. The little things are hard. You might be doing something. Maybe if it's even parenting. You're raising your kids. But you're not having any fun with it because things are hard. And you're caught up in the hardness because I gotta do this because I must. I gotta go to church because I must. I gotta go to work because I must. I gotta help at the greeting there table because the church signed me up to greet people as they come and uh, I am a greeter and I shall greet you. Hello. I am a greeter and I shall greet you. Oh, I wonder, man, we should have five people on the schedule. I'm the one that keeps serving all the time and nobody here seems to care what's going on. You know, so you do the right things, but there's no joy in it. Because you've lost the purpose of why you do the things that you do. You could lose it as a parent. You could lose it as a husband, as a wife. You could lose it as an employee, a business owner. And just all you're doing is not really the dream you had that got you to do the thing you're doing. You're just looking through the motion and there's no fun. You see, the Bible says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and abandoned, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. Check this out. Vasari says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, God's saying, it's not like I'm taking work out of you. He says, take my yoke. In other words, you keep working and doing the stuff. It's not like you don't get physically tired. But there is a joy and a fulfillment because you can see beyond the present circumstance. You can see that the pain I'm going through now, it's not without purpose. You know, one, 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 one oh, oh, uh, New Testament guy in Romans, he says that I, I am confident of this, Paul says in Romans, that the suffering of this present time is not worth it to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed to us. So I know I'm suffering. I know I'm taking a beating. I know I'm going through hell sometimes, but I never lose sight of why. And so he puts this inner fulfillment, this inner joy, this inner peace when everybody around you says, how can you be standing up with your head high when this is going on in your life? No, I see. 
I see clearly. I see beyond the present circumstance. If that's you, God can spar that. Can, you can just say, Lord, you can ask the Lord to bring that, that fire back in your life. There's a church that was told in Revelation that, Lord, go back to your first love. Go back to the first love. Let let the Holy Spirit agitate you inside and begin to get that dream again. And there are some people that are dreaming, but they have, this is the second kind of person, they have the wrong dream. They're living the dream. But it's not a dream that God inspired Maybe they're making all the money they ever wanted to make. Making they're doing all the things they ever wanted to do. But it wasn't the thing that God inspired. And I've found that that sometimes is based out of an insecurity that says this, not out loud, but in our action, that I'm afraid that if I leave it all to the Lord, that He's not going to make me or provide for me the things that I enjoy. Because sometimes when God calls us, it's not always glorious, awesome, fantastic, fabulous bed of roses. And, so, and then, then there's this misconception that the enemy gets in there that think, if I choose God's road, it's going to be tougher, and I'm going to miss out on the things that I personally enjoy. And that, my friends, I'm going to tell you, is a, it's a lie from the pit of hell. Because God is the one who made us, and he understands exactly how to most fulfill us. And when we surrender our plans to his plans, no matter what he calls us to do, we will find the most joy in being at the center of God's will. So if you are living the wrong dream, you need to surrender to the Lord. All you got to do is repent and say, God, you know what? I've been doing it my way. But I know you have a purpose for my life and that's what I want for me. And get a different assignment from God. And he is always gracious and faithful. Third person uh, that I'm talking about is someone that's got a stale dream. They have a dream, but it's stale. It was there right sometime, but it's not working. It's not working like they should be. Maybe life has thrown you some, a few curveballs, uh, a few disappointments, a few trials. You go along and you get it a try. You're so pumped up. I'm going to go on a move mountains. And you find out you can't even push a wheelbarrow. <laughs> and a dose of reality says, oh, geez. I thought I was capable of doing all this stuff. Yeah, it's like, I was like, oh, geez. You know, you find out some other people are way better than you. They're more talented than you. They're more gifted than you. They have more money than you. They have more creativity. And you're like, oh. So it was years now and you start moving that direction. You got a dream, but it's, you're kind of like this, one of these. <laughs> you're always suspicious. Because something is thrown out there and you, you want to dream again and you get afraid. Do I go? Uh, and then you kind of you protect yourself. You build a wall around you. So you don't want to dream because you don't want to get disappointed. You don't want to have a extremely crazy stuff and then be disappointed over and over again so you protect yourself and so you don't dream again and you kind of levels out you know enough of God that he's good he's able but you feel like it's going to happen for them but maybe not for me 
And that's a dangerous place to be. Because you lose that vision. And you know, Proverbs 29, 18 says, and a lot of you can quote it all out with me, where there is no vision, people perish. But he that keepeth the law is happy. Check out what the message says. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. They are most blessed. When you can't see what God's doing, it says we start losing sight. And I was thinking, just reflecting upon my life, some of my lowest moments in life, whether in ministry, job, I found, the one thing I found in common is times in my life where I didn't have a vision or I'd lost sight in the vision. It was still, I wasn't burning with fire, even at work. You know, you can have a job that you're very excited about. Man, you want to get up, you're the first one in, the last one out, you want to, and there are times like, oh, I got to go to work again. Sunday about 8 o'clock is the worst time of your life. Every day, Sunday about 8. Sheesh, I got to go to work again. It's a horrible life to live. You know what I mean? Have the Lord reveal the purpose. He might not even be something you like. But you remember the last verse I read? I said, God, show me the purpose so this is meaningful. And what God is interested in is that people would come to Christ. If your life, even if your job is a stinking job that you don't care for at all, that's okay. But that doesn't mean that God hasn't placed you there on purpose. If you used it to be a witness for Christ somehow, and one person through the testimony of your life was moved to a closer place of relationship with Jesus, and you saw that, trust me, it's going to turn things on. And you're going to feel more purposeful about what you do. Let God's dream become your dream no matter where you are. I have two more. I want to give it to you. And I want to maybe say, you want to come back and listen to the two more? There are people that have big dreams and there's one that you should have. And I'm not going to go on with those because the Lord's saying that's all you needed to hear today. But I promise you this, I'll continue. As I close today, I remember just it was probably about a month ago we were hanging out at home have so many things going on. We are busy like crazy. Things are going on. My wife and I are having a conversation. We're talking about our lives. And as we're reflecting back and looking, we realize we are living the dream. You know how sometimes you go through the days and you don't realize how God has fulfilled everything that you ever asked Him to do. And that's to the point that you are now. And he says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, 
Neither has it entered into the hearts of men the plans that God has for those who love him. So you think, the thing that you can actually think about, he's got so much more. A couple years ago, we were driving. We drive a long way. You know, once you have eight kids, actually once you have three kids, you don't fly anymore. If you want to go to California, what, you better drive 24 hours. You want to drive to... And we thought, man, if there was a way to drive to Kenya, and we looked it up through Alaska, ended up in Siberia and Russia, connecting back, and we figured we'll probably not live through some of those countries. But if we did do survive Siberia, maybe we get to Spain, and then Egypt is a little... uh, But let's say we survive that. We are in Sudan, and then you're like, oh my goodness, and then you're in South Sudan, and then not... We looked it up on how long it will take. I guess, I think it would be a very fun trip. It would be a very fun trip. I saw driving home from Florida a couple years ago, and we're praying when kids are all settled. We're praying, and we're writing down some things that we want to see happen, and we're praying them through. Our goals with maybe our finances, our goals with this and that, and what we would like to see accomplished with our... And you know, we're sitting there and realize that every one of those things we prayed about, God did all of them, and it went beyond what we were asking for. But you know, as it was happening, it was so subtle. It wasn't this glorious, wow! Here's God and there's $50,000 in your bank account. Showed up, the banker has no idea that they say, this is absolutely so cool. We've never seen it. No, it wasn't like that. Because we want God to do something dramatic. To see that it was a miracle. And we are living a miracle every day and God is fulfilling his blessing. And we look at our kids and we say, what a blessing. You know, we love our kids. They are joining our house, you know. You know, parenting has some work. But my yoke is easy. My burden is light. There's some physical stuff that we do with parenting. And all the parents of children under 10 say, Amen. There's some things we do that just they don't know about. Well, they do, but, but God gives you the grace. But the joys that come with it are better than the work that there is. Just seeing kids around your table. And we and it's like, wow, you get the other thing is like all I wanted to do is serve the Lord. And all I get to do in my life is serve the Lord. I was like, wow, we're living the dream. Not because I have to serve the Lord or I must serve the Lord, but I get to serve the Lord. What a joy. And you live closer. And you start dreaming again. God's working in your life. It's time to see, people. Come on, it's time to see. Come on, tell me, it's time to see. We're going to stand, in, I'm going to ask you to stand with me. We're going to spend the next few uh, moments of our service. We'll sing a couple of songs. We're going to pray that the Lord will help us see again. The Lord will help us see clearly. How many want to see more clearly. I'm going to pray right now because the Holy Spirit is here to be able to help us in our present realities, to see beyond our present realities. Uh, Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name.
But first of all, I just want you all over this congregation. You start praying. Start praying. Don't wait for me to pray for you right now. Oh, boy, this house needs to be louder than this. Because you know those things in your heart that the Lord is putting in you. The things that you're getting challenged on. Start, just start speaking him and talking to the Lord about it right now. I'm giving you a moment to do that. Oh, no. More, more people need to be praying before I start. Because you know God's challenging your heart. And you can talk to him as his child, his son, his daughter. You can talk to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, church. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Oh, yeah. Just bring him to the Lord. Let him speak to you right now. Talk to him. He's ready to listen to you as you talk to him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we welcome you, Lord. Oh, we welcome you.